0: Dr. Strauss says I should write down what I think and remember, and everything that happens to me from now on. I don't know why, but he says it's important, so they'll see if they can use me. I hope they use me, because Miss Kinnian says maybe they can make me smart. I want to be smart. My name is Charlie Gordon. I work in Donner's Bakery, where Mr. Donner gives me $11 a week, and bread or cake if I want. I'm 32 years old, and next month is my birthday. If you remember, put some flowers on his grave. He was my little friend for all the comfort that he gave. He never
1: called me... Hello,
2: welcome to the hologram media club uh i'm one of your hosts gavin there are some others (laughs) allegedly (laughs) this is this is episode 24 and i know that because i counted twice uh, today, we're going to be talking about Flowers for Algernon. It's a short story originally written in 1958 by Daniel Keyes, published in a few magazines, and it won some awards. It was later expanded by him into a novel in 1966. Uh, and then after that, became a movie in 1968, and then a whole mess of other media after that. And has been touched by lots of things in popular culture. Um, so that's it. That's what we're talking about today. Hopefully, everybody's read it, and at I least didn't. half of you enjoyed it.
1: Didn't read it. Listen to it. I didn't. We're read. also
2: uh, we're also uh, we have we have all the regulars, but we also have Alice's back today. Hello. Hey. So
1: she Welcome. Tends
2: to get us listened, so we thought we'd suffer with her. That's <laughs> right. Our she actually
3: has friends apparently. I actually, <laughs> what? Actually, has friends apparently. Yeah, <laughs> like actual actual real life friends.
4: My mom still pays.
2: Not imaginary friends. So so it was my choice. It was my book. Um, I enjoyed it enough to suggest it. What did you guys think?
4: I liked it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, so that was episode twenty-four. Thank you for listening.
3: <laughs> there were there were parts of it that I enjoyed. Um, overall, it, it wasn't my favorite that we've covered. Uh, I definitely I, it it made some nods to science and certainly like played in the uh gave some lip service to science i guess as a as an idea but there yeah. wasn't really much science behind um you know the operation <laughs> no. and everything that happened <laughs>
2: No, this is a very tenuous connection to sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> I admit that, that that was. This is not our hardest sci-fi book we've done.
1: More of a character study. It definitely
5: focused more on the guy's experiment or experience uh, yeah. behind the experiment. But yeah,
4: right. yeah. So, when Gavin said that Aaron mentioned that he wasn't a big fan of the book, I was like, oh, because I really enjoyed like a lot of the um, themes and stuff. And then I was like, why wouldn't Aaron like it? Oh, cause none of that is probably like scientifically rooted. I bet that's why I didn't like it. Cause it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, am I right?
3: No, that's, that wasn't,
4: that wasn't, that it. wasn't
3: exactly <laughs> it. It was also, I, It it shows its age uh, uh, reading yes. it now. Yeah. Very much. So a lot of and,
5: cringy uh, moments. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: A lot of that. Um, I, the author was definitely very horny. And yeah, (laughs) and
5: apparently angry at himself for being horny. So right, right. right. As
1: as any, I'm a bad boy. I'm a bad boy. Yeah,
2: there's a lot of that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that was one of my favorite parts. (laughs) Which one? (laughs) No, I think that um, I really. Thought that as a character study, I, I agree with Alice. I enjoyed those parts of the book and the way that you followed along, you know, through his diaries. I kind of liked that way that the author went. Um, and I know that you, if you read the book, that you can see the progression of his writing uh, increase as far as the spelling and grammar and stuff like that. I know the author took you know, went to means to take word spelling incorrectly and stuff like that. And as he progresses, he's way better at telling the story. And you learn so much more through his memory um, of all of his childhood experiences. And I thought it was an interesting way to tell the story in a nonlinear format. So I did it really enjoyed that yeah, part of I did. It.
3: I did like that format. And that's a, that's an interesting point because having listened to the audiobook, you know, the, the narrator, at least for the version that I listened to, um, attempted to, you know, do parts in a very childlike kind of voice, but it, you, it's not the same, I guess, as, as reading it, mm-hmm. um, with, you know, the spelling and everything.
2: I don't know that I would have been able to read it. Like, mm. I'd be interested in looking at it, but I'm not sure that I would have an easy time reading the three or four chapters spelled completely phonetically. Would have been difficult and possibly a challenge that I wouldn't have been up to.
1: True, true. I checked out some so of the texts. I, I don't it's know. Not, That's a, it, yeah, it's not like every word. You know, it was certain words in the sentences that would, and it was easy. Like at least the paragraph or so that I had checked out. It was it was done in a way where like the words were picked out so that you could just breeze over them and still identify what it was. So I don't know. Okay.
2: So it wasn't, it wasn't the last chapter of cloud Atlas again.
3: Yeah. (laughs) At least you weren't trying to read, uh, you know, Cliff Robertson's handwriting from the chalkboard from the movie. God.
2: (laughs) Did anybody else watch the movie? I know Aaron and I watched the movie. Did anybody else watch the movie? I did. I yeah. did not.
5: Oh, I think I saw Charlie way, 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 way back in my past. But, right. I did
3: uh, too, yeah. Oh. I don't
1: remember much. This is about the it. first time that I've watched it since then. Yeah. Would it have been a mainstream movie at the time? Oh yeah. It won Oscars uh, yeah. and shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. wow.
2: Interesting. It was renowned. I don't know why. It it didn't age well. It was because very it was 1968. Yeah. Yes. It was very nineteen sixty eight. Very
3: especially for one one section of it, was... Oh,
2: dude, it was the <laughs> montage was just weird. It was just weird. Yeah, biker gangs and Ravi Shankar, and that uh, was bizarre. <laughs> it was real. Abs- Ravi Shankar did the sound, the music for the for the movie. Oh, Jesus, and there really was there was a montage about where Charlie had joined a biker gang somehow
3: yeah yeah it it really went
2: off the rails it was about an hour and eight minutes in it was like wait am i watching the same i mean it really was like you change a channel it was bizarre it was that followed it so well where they have before that flashing different scenes like in like really hard cuts between two images and it was just fucking weird (laughs) like watching the trip yeah exactly yeah yeah it was it was bizarre
4: should we do a quick synopsis of what the book was about?
2: Yeah. Yes. Do a, yes, I've got a, I think a one minute synopsis here. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we will find out. Uh, Flowers of Algernon is a story where we follow Charlie Gordon a mid-30s man with the IQ of essentially a six-year-old. He has a job in a bakery, and he attends night classes to try to learn to read and write. His teacher, Alice Kinnian, is impressed with him and suggests him for an experiment to increase his IQ. He gets selected, and the doctors Strauss and Memer act as therapist and surgeon, respectively. Charlie meets Algernon, a mouse that has had the same procedure successfully, and they take turns racing through mazes to track Charlie's improvement. At first, Charlie feels no different, but Alice says, just chill out and wait. When he begins to get smarter, we go through a series of flashbacks to his early childhood, where we meet his family. Charlie grows intellectually very fast, but not emotionally. He meets his manic pixie dream girl, Faye, and through a love affair with her, and mixed with flashbacks, Charlie starts to grow away from his former self. He's having a rough time with this sudden increase of IQ and escapes with Algernon finds that there was a mistake in the procedure and he will soon revert to his old self. Charlie prepares as best he can for this and eventually accepts that he will again have a very low IQ. In the end, we find the old Charlie looking back, trying to remember all that has happened as though it happened to someone else.
4: Well done. Mm.
2: So yeah, so it was, I I enjoyed it. I, I came across this book in a really weird way. There's a show called Wilford with Elijah Wood and, I can't think of the other guy's name. He's dressed as a dog and Elijah Wood is a very high neighbor that talks to his dog. That's an Australian dude in a dog costume. <laughs> and I was watching something on YouTube. So an essay came up and some kid was like, Oh yeah, when I was watching Wilford, I was reading flowers of Algernon. So I wrote it down and looked into it. And that's how I found the book. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Elijah Wood and random Australian guy. So,
4: but it's been on a lot of like, to read lists in high school, right?
2: It has been on it was a lot of for a tre- long time. Yeah.
3: It was and also, I think there was, it was like either banned or proposed to be banned. A lot of people objected to it.
2: Yes. From 1990 to 1999, it was number 43 in the most problematic books. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which... it's been banned in Pennsylvania and Texas because it has words written down. Um, <laughs> A lot of a lot of people are like, it's all about the, the sex scenes and stuff. So, but it's been, it, it's been banned in and out and they've tried, but not successfully, hopefully, or uh, thankfully.
3: Yeah, I don't know that I would ban it, but uh, I don't also don't know that I would put it on but, uh, required reading.
2: I don't think it would be like for junior high school, but I don't see a problem having high school kids. It, when
5: yeah. I read about I it being banned, before. I wasn't really sure. I thought, by today's standards, it was canceled because of its oh, discussion right, of yeah. high moron and stuff <laughs> like know. that. Like, you know, the, the language around <laughs> right people of diminutive IQs. Right. I don't know how. Well, I think a lot of that is it,
2: just because they didn't have the vocabulary, right? I mean, that's. Right. You use the word retarded because you didn't have a better term yet.
4: Yeah, there were a lot of things that I wondered. This might be jumping ahead, but there were. A lot of parts of this that I wondered how readers in the 50s would have um, reacted and appreciated it in contrast to us. Um, right. For example, his his parents. Um, like I wondered oh yeah. Um, I'm really one of my big takeaways from the book was I am so thankful that the way that we approach, neurodiversity as a culture is so different now. Um, But knowing that it was so different back then, I wondered if um, the readers would have had more sympathy for the mother than readers Mm. now might have. Right. Mm. Um, Maybe not, but I just, I wondered if
3: if that might be different. Yeah. Um, There definitely didn't seem to be any attempt by the book to portray her in a you know forgiving light um no, <laughs> she no clearly, not at all clearly cast as a villain uh although you know there was maybe a little bit of sympathy for her once he once he meets her again and mm-hmm. discover that Same she's with the sister really. struggling yeah. with her own dementia yeah
5: yeah. And initially, I mean, she, you can you can kind of forgive the sister because she's a child, and she's like, "Okay, Charlie needs a lot more attention," and she's jealous of that, and that's right. why she acts the way she does. But you could dismiss that as, "Okay, that's a, that's a young girl that's who a child doesn't yeah. know how to do with this." But the mother yeah. acting kind of the same way is a lot less forgivable. Like you yeah. find out later on that there's other nuances to how that happened. But even right. then, you still don't forgive the mother, but the sister's like, oh no, you don't you don't understand. I was really trying to help and that kind of stuff, you
0: know.
3: Yeah. But I didn't quite get um it seemed for a bit that they might be hinting that it, this all stemmed from like a head injury from when he was younger. Like, you know, when he had been Beaten up by neighborhood kids, or something. Mm-hmm. Something else might have happened with his uncle. I don't know, but it didn't seem like that was the case. Eventually,
2: no, I, yeah. don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I didn't. know. No, it That's seemed nice.
5: well, and again, it's hard to say because it's coming from his perspective, right? Which is right. already tilted, so you can't quite yeah. tell if there was something that led. Yeah, from I think. I the think fact for... that the beating up was just because they were mistreating the right. kid who was.
3: And I think for the. For a, a period of time in it, when he was starting to remember things, it seemed to me like that it was, it was maybe leading up to, he's going to remember, you know, that, that this all happened bad. when a traumatic yeah, injury, Interesting. Right. Interesting. different trauma that way. Yeah. 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 The, the trauma did not, the trauma was that he experienced was a result of, right. uh, of this, not the cause. Yeah.
5: Well, and like the first time they p- took him into that doctor, you thought it was going to go one way, but it kind of didn't. So you're like, OK, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? He's yeah. doing things to um, him and the kid doesn't know how like he's strapped into a chair or whatever. Yeah, but that was I kind was kind really of as far as that went.
2: I was but, really uh, scared for a second when I first came. I was like, no, no, yeah, don't go in yeah. there. And he didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was just kind of a shyster, but he wasn't a bad guy. Cheyster. <laughs> he was, he was nice just, he just shaking his <laughs>
4: parents down for some of that. Like maybe yeah. he
5: even thought he was helping. but you
0: know.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somebody else would have taken it there, you know, yeah. modern day. The, I kept on waiting for that. Like, you know, where the, when is it going to be that the doctors abuse him or do something, Yeah, you know, nasty to him more so than what they're already doing? Like, yeah. Like the, I thought, like Aaron said, like as he gained more memory that you would find out that he was abused way more than he had been mm. or that the people like in his bakery, he still had good memories of them and they still all weren't horrible to him, but I was just waiting for that. Yeah. Like how it was, bad it was kind it of the one guy that.
5: that mistreated him, but the others kind of stuck up for him, even though kind the of, one yeah. guy who stuck up for him was pulling one over and I don't know, I guess still, technically embezzling, yeah. but
3: yeah. right. Right. <laughs> but it did. I mean, his, when he came to the realization that, you know, a lot of them had been laughing at him, um, I think that just soured everything yeah. about the about the experience of working there for him. So, yeah, you it was know, such the a piece of who, irony, too.
4: I'm sorry. Go ahead yeah.
3: Ahead. Well, I mean, the, mm-hmm. even the others who weren't um, playing the practical jokes, most of them seemed to just go along with it and take enjoyment from. Yeah, Um, his confusion. So,
4: I had a quote at the beginning where he said, um, I don't care so much about being famous. I just want to be smart like other people so I can have lots of friends that like me. And that just became Mm. such a piece of irony through it because the smarter he grew, uh, the fewer friends he had and the more he realized that the friends he thought he had um, maybe weren't always being kind to him. Um, And then... um, yeah,
2: he yep. just. Well, he sort of like as he grew smarter, he became like Gimpy and those guys, and was just ragging on everybody else that was less smart as him, right? Like, I mean, it was he became mm. them, and was not teasing people or playing jokes on them, but angry at them for being so slow, like the other people in his life that were angry at him for being so slow. So he saw. The, I don't think he realized he saw that, but he saw that from a different. And I feel like in
5: some ways Mm -hmm. the whole point of the story was a disconnection from closeness, you know, like he Mm -hmm. was never close with his family because they always held him a bit further apart. He didn't have friends in school because Mm -hmm. they held him. And then even as he got smarter, he thought that would change, you know, kind of flip the coin. But while it did, he still didn't have that emotional connection with anybody, which was why Mm -hmm. the one person he could kind of connect with was this, you know, the, what'd you call her the the pixie whatever pixie dream girl yeah Yeah. and because she was ultimately just kind of a ninny or whatever but was still genuine and seemed to like him for him so that was why he kind of got into it but then of course her lifestyle caught up with him i guess in a way right so you know yeah
1: he was he was always an outcast from the beginning to the end. I mean, I guess maybe a short section in the middle, like you say. Yeah, there was a couple of days he was in the middle fit in just a bit, but yeah. It, and it was I caught on to as he gained some intelligence, he started to read these books, and one of the books was *An American Tragedy*, mm. which I texted Gavin. I was like, "Did you read this ever?" And in that book, it's also the whole thing is about an outcast mm. that doesn't fit into society and just wants to fit in with these rich arist, you know, aristocratic people and he eventually kind of gets in but when he does he's still an outcast and I don't, I don't want to ruin it for people if you haven't read it a really old book but it's a it's a great story um but yeah he ends up for a minute he's part of this class and then they find out some secrets about him and right away he's taken back down to where he was so it's kind of this mm-hmm. same journey that's reflected in Charlie's journey where he's, hmm. you know, on his way up and then he's back down. There was, there was a quote I had grabbed. Um, I thought was pretty cool. I, or well written, I passed your floor on the way up and now I'm passing it on the way down and I don't think I'll be taking this elevator again. <laughs> so it was just that irony of, yeah. as he started to lose it, you know, he saw, he could see it and it was just slowly slipping away from him. And the same thing happened to that character in American tragedy where he was part of it for a second and then it just slipped out of his grasp well
2: i think it reflected i haven't read it yet it's on this year's to read list uh don quixote was mentioned in this book as well mm-hmm. right not by name but they it was obvious even to me yeah that that's what chasing it was windmills. but that, yeah chasing windmills and fighting windmills <laughs> and stuff and charlie was of the opinion it was about other things but i don't know what it is yet like but that's i got the same general sense of don quixote too right he's an outsider and he doesn't he doesn't really have a connection to not necessarily the real world but the, the the reality sort of world and again i haven't actually read don quixote so i can't say that's exactly what it was about but that's the impression that i've gotten
4: isn't it true though that if, I, don't know, I i thought it drove home the point that neurodiversity on either end of the spectrum can be pretty fucking lonely um mm-hmm. You know, you said like towards in the middle of the story, he sort of made some connections. But um, he listens to the guys arguing over politics and he feels threatened uh, when they're feeling like threatened about their jobs and stuff. And he says he wants to be able to be like that. Um, And then next thing, he's really smart and he's talking to professors and um, they don't want to have a second conversation with him because he's so smart. It makes them feel inferior. Mm -hmm. And so it's like there's this point in the middle where you can i guess there's enough of a majority where you feel like you fit in but on either end of the spectrum um it can be a lonely place
5: and that also kind of points Mm -hmm. out your perception of other people and like the grass is always greener kind of thing where you you see these people and you hold them to this particular ideal and when you get closer to that ideal you realize they're just as you know fakers as anybody else and you know trying to trying to hold on to this tenuous position because they feel like they're going to be found out uh and anytime you know Mm -hmm. he brought up the conversations about like oh well what about this and they're like "Uh, uh, okay (laughs) i don't know about that and you know then they would avoid him because they realized like oh he was he was going to you know show them
2: Well, what do you what mean you haven't read this paper? It's only in Mandarin. You haven't read <laughs> it. Right, right, You don't read yeah. Mandarin? No. <laughs> well, that's weird. I wonder, does does that, faker. <laughs> does that mean this entire book is basically just a cry to be the status quo and not to try to achieve anything? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I mean, I definitely... We were talking about the, uh, the movie and its uh, weird <laughs> montage, um, which that especially for me read as a, uh, you know, particularly coming out in what, 68 yeah, or something. It was or very like warning about counterculture. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, a warning <laughs> yes. that your your kids are going to grow up too fast and they're going to go out and uh, smoke know, marijuana cigarettes smoke and, and ride motorcycles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're on the pub um, But yeah. then, you know, it you can... Guys, it's okay if you do that because you can come back home and the the girl that you tried to date rape is still gonna love you and uh, will be waiting uh-huh. for yeah. you. Right. Um, thank uh, you for hitting yeah. that. Yeah. That was uh, <laughs> That was one of the more problematic moments
5: that Aaron and I were talking about earlier, because we were like, man, there were some like real cringy moments. You know, his pushing himself on this girl because, and yeah. the, what did you say the the way that he phrased it, like that she deserved it or should well, yeah. It so he,
3: when he uh, when he first met Faye, I guess, which is the you know he gets the apartment in New York or something, and uh, the girl that lives next door and whose fire escape he uses to get in and out of his place sometimes (laughs) um but he first encounters her i guess and she has a a guy that she's brought back to her place and uh they're hanging out for a while and then she's basically is like yeah okay i'm done hanging out you can go now and the guy gets a little handsy with her and uh Charlie says something to her to the effect of, well, you brought him back here. He has every right to expect something from you. And, uh, yeah.
4: (laughs) That's another one of those ones where I question whether people reading it in the 50s would have been more sympathetic to that position. His side or her side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hmm.
2: A lot of people today, I mean, if we're being honest, there's a whole culture of people that really still believe that.
4: I strongly disliked yeah, Charlie entertain. in the way that he interacted with um, when he had relationships with women. It was all about oh yeah, what they were for him. It was never right. about like the way he valued them. Wasn't about them in, as individuals and what they wanted and what they dreamed of. It was all about what they could do for him. Yeah. yeah. And um, that made I, me dislike him.
2: I, I, <laughs> the smarter I guy. think. I think some of that can be chalked up to it was Charlie's story. Like it was all about his perspective in and his journey. I, I'm not being a date rapist apologist, but he, I think some of it is because it's his story and that's not the, the concentration wasn't on, or the the story wasn't about his, his journey with personal relationships. It was about his journey in, well, in, in his own right. Maybe that it, got lost a little, but it yeah. It also he was, great, was about I mean, his was
3: journey great. with personal relationships. But the fact is that he, you know, he, he underwent this operation to increase his intelligence, but there was no operation. This was something that, you know, Mrs. Kinney and Alice, or what was her name? I wanted to call her Alice. Alice. Kinney. Alice. yeah, It was Alice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if I was, confusing yeah. too um <laughs> she even says you know your your emotional intelligence isn't keeping pace yeah with your intelligence yeah. and i think that those mm. those relationships and the fact that they are still just all about him uh really highlights that because that's yeah. you know that's a lack of emotional maturity and and understanding that other people are human beings as well and they have their own lives and and needs and they don't exist solely for your right you know to to tell your story
0: yeah
4: go ahead
5: does anybody have a, a take on why it was he could engage sexually with the you know crazy pixie lady but not with Alice. The was it because she reminded him too much of his mother, and there was yeah, that, that
2: was a that was a total mommy stigma. Thing. Okay, <laughs> I, well, I think I think it was a total I didn't mommy,
4: think it was a mommy thing. I
0: didn't, I didn't quite get that either. That? Yeah. Yeah. I thought really? it was because oh. <laughs> th- there
4: was like a genuine, true love there, <laughs> and so it was more scary for baby Charlie um, to make that kind of a connection than. Um yeah. it was with Faye who he didn't really love. He always said he didn't love her. Or, either, I you know? mean, even
3: the very fact that he he knew her when he was you know <clears throat> That's a, what I was yeah. say, yeah. The mind of a child. And so that was that was still at the heart of it in a lot of ways.
4: Oh, but interesting. Faye,
3: she knew him Faye, more intimately than anyone else, else. Well
2: she knew little she knew little Charlie and Grown Big up. Charlie yeah. didn't know. Huh, interesting. Well, and it like, wasn't like
0: a, a lack of attraction. It
5: was just that that was when he was triggered, and that you know, right. old Charlie in the back of his mind, <laughs> creeper Charlie, voyeur <warrior laughs> Charlie, whatever, <laughs> you know, was was hanging out watching it. And it's like it is. It was weird that he could sort of. I guess in his mind, see him standing there just like (laughs) like watching him.
1: (laughs) But he even said like, at some point, like he didn't notice Miss Kenyon was attractive until, you know, he had already gained some smarts. Like he was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I I never knew that she was so pretty. Right. Yeah. I mean, even when, um, when he was a child and, and he wanted, you know, one of the
3: other kids to write the, uh, the love letter to the girl in the class. And that was, that was just him following along what everyone else was doing. Everyone else loved her. So he figured he had to as well. Right. Um, Mm. He didn't, didn't really understand it himself. And then even, you know, later on, I think there's probably a bit of the same thing. He just has, you know,
5: that, was know. his mother like a religious nut either? Like I know that she had a very it didn't seem like it caustic no. attitude towards his I don't yeah, know, her, arousal or whatever. Well, her no, whole yeah. thing
3: seemed to, to come from you know a a sense of shame and how it would reflect on her that yeah. that her son was not intelligent. You know, right.
2: or, no, it was all about the the neighbors seeing. Right. Did anybody else? And I I might be alone in this. Um, did anybody else catch a anti parallel between Rose and Matt and Crystal Lil and Al from A Geek Love? They were like almost the exact polar hmm. opposite parents. Hmm. That
3: was interesting.
2: Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to tell everybody to go back and reread it, but think about it for a little bit because it. I don't know what the anti parallel is, but it seemed like that sort of relationship between all those and i don't think there's any connection in any way i just i don't well i I mean catherine dunn was like oh hey flowers of algernon i'm gonna rewrite these parents (laughs) nothing like that but i thought it was really interesting that i
3: think the roles were switched a bit because yeah uh what was crystal Lil and what was the father's name Al. Al. uh he was very much just about what can what can the these children bring to our mm-hmm. business? Bring to the, the, business, bring to the yeah. family, right. Yeah. right? And
2: then and Rose is like, "What? How is this fucking up my family?" Yeah, like I say, like yeah. an anti-parallel, hmm. like right. almost the, almost a polar opposite of both of those characters. And they even ended up apart. That was yeah. Matt yeah. and Rose ended up apart, where Crystal, Lil, and and Al were brought stronger and stronger together. I just I thought it was a really interesting, and I don't know what the word. I don't think anti-parallel is really a Term, but perpendicular, <laughs> it is perpendicular yeah, <laughs> yeah um, perp- perpendicularism. Um, <laughs> perpendicular. I, I just thought it, would, it struck me as they were just complete opposites of the family dynamic, all the way to Crystal yeah. really, really, really wanting to keep um, Chick, and then mm-hmm. Rose really, really, really not wanting to keep Charlie, like mm-hmm. to the point where it was just banish him and just tell everybody he's dead just a complete opposite of that i just i thought that was kind of interesting
4: i can see the the Hmm. anti-parallel that you're talking about although i have to say that for both crystal lil and um what was his mom's name norma no that was his sister Rose. rose um i i ended up hating both of them for rejecting their natural instinct to nurture their children.
0: Yeah. Crystal
4: yeah. was later, but that's yeah. why I got really judgy on both of yeah. them. When I was, <laughs> when I was like, I know what those internal instincts are. How dare you reject those? Right. And yeah. also I started thinking about that with um, Charlie's mom. Um, Cause at first I was thinking of, I was annoyed. Like, so it, when she first has Charlie before Charlie's sister is born, she's very nurturing and overprotective almost. Um, and doesn't want to even believe that there's anything wrong with him. She thinks he's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. Um, and then, um, she starts what I was thinking of as like resisting this evolutionary instinct to nurture and protect her child. Um, Hmm. and so I was really judgy about it, but then I started thinking like maybe from a Darwinian perspective that actually is more of a natural instinct
5: <laughs> if you
4: have a mentally disabled i'm not talking about ethics or morals just but yeah. from a survivalist well, instinct yeah. to reject mm-hmm. that the there's an idea
5: that, that ethics is a luxury
4: yeah yeah
0: you know it really
5: yeah. kind of is as far as you know survival goes you know if you're trying to garner protection for the larger pack you know the the weak and the the, the, the incorrect or whatever would be discarded or whatever because you know it's a waste of resources from that super hardline point of view
0: right so the
5: idea of being able to take care of a special needs children and that sort of thing really has to come from a place of I don't know maybe well luxury from the you know overall greater sense of socialist kind of concept but from from a resource perspective you know like if if there was a nuclear winter and you know you we've got these special needs dogs that have medicine you know six times a day and we're constantly feeding them they take a great amount of care and if supply chains break down which is all stuff that we've had to consider since you know covid started now i am stockpiling food just in case there's another breakdown and we can't get it because it's the only food this dog can eat you know before she starts throwing up and can't you know keep anything down and (laughs) It would be a real struggle to try and keep something that's a resource drain, yeah,
2: you know, yeah.
5: alive if you're yeah. really struggling. So, and and I I I never quite got the perspective of is his, is his family? They seem like pretty working class. Like I don't know mm-hmm. that they had the luxury of of uh you know.
3: Well, they were able to, resources, you, know, just, you know, take him to <laughs> doctors and. Yeah, yeah, and but they, that was part they, of why they broke up. Because, you know, he, he so couldn't. Take he
5: was complaining process. he couldn't afford it, and you are know, like, "We don't have any money." Right, and right. she's like, "Oh, but right. you know, you want to help him." But then True. she had the normal child. She's like, "Oh, okay, now I got a normal child. Fuck this." Right? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> why do we think that he was able to come out to his mom more so than his father? Because it seemed in his memories that he always had a, I guess, not a. Maybe he didn't have a better relationship with his father. His mother just seemed more awful. In he all had of the better memories, memories you know, of his father, at least.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think sure. his dad was just yeah. generally more care.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, so, and his dad was so at work. why did he- His dad was at work like most of his childhood, yeah. right? So just, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the bits that he saw of his dad was just like, just let him be. He's fine. But that's, in fairness to his mom, after a day of cleaning up after this kid. Right, and cleaning up after a baby is a lot different than cleaning up after a four-year-old. That's I can see being frustrated.
1: So That's an I think. Well, so then, why did he? he I thought
4: about that. Mm-hmm. Like why? Yeah,
1: like what gave him the power to come out to her? Maybe because he was more afraid of her that he felt. I don't know, like that she still had this power over him, even in her old sickness, like he needed to get it off his chest or maybe because he wanted to prove to her that he was smart i guess that was the whole thing yeah more so than his father because his father still always kind of accepted him whereas she mm-hmm. she was the main driver of like wanting him to improve in intelligence so yeah, yeah. he he needed her acceptance more than than he yeah. needed it from his father i guess
4: that's but i hadn't thought about that mm-hmm. that's a good point Mm-hmm. There wasn't as, maybe not as much closure necessary with his dad as with his mom. Yeah.
1: And then, yeah. so at that point, as he's losing his intelligence, what, what would be some things that you all would do before going into, oh you know, such a decline that you're going to lose all of your the whole
5: concept is terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's like, like if you find out you've got Alzheimer's and you're just going to be on a steady decline and you're aware of it, that seems right. like it's just mm-hmm. utter nightmare.
2: I don't know. I guess you just go day by day, right? Like, I don't, I mean, I think I would just, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I've had this conversation
4: with Gavin and I, it would be a very nicely prepared long nap that someone could nicely tuck me into. (laughs) I'm not putting my family to that and I am not doing it. Mm
3: -mm. Get that nitrogen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Right.
4: Tuck me in. Yeah. Nice knowing you. Right.
2: Yeah, put on so
3: much. Effort, <laughs> I'm going to sleep. Um, My
5: dad used to say, "Put me in a dinghy and set me adrift." <laughs> <laughs> like that. Yeah,
3: uh, Terry Pratchett, when he learned that hmm. he had Alzheimer's, didn't he begin like it, trying to document what happened?
1: I thought I remember seeing something ch- about I, that that
3: he you know it was like okay this is i'm i'm entering this this huh. stage now and i want there to be like a a record of it i don't know that's interesting i don't Did never actually happen. but i no I but i, I like i'm that.
2: i'm actually i'm still reading all his, i'm going through all of his books again so i'm getting towards the end when you can start to see his last book is much different tone so it's i'm going to look into that i'm curious mm. about that that's interesting yeah if it wasn't him, I'm sure it was somewhere someone else. I mean, well, you've seen artists. I can't think that there's an artist that was going through something similar and would do self portraits every couple of years. And you can see the decline of art throughout. Right. Yeah. Mm. While they enter more and more dementia, which is interesting. And that oh, yeah. seemed to
3: be that seemed to be a lot of uh, Charlie's approach too. Was you know I want to make sure that there's that there's a record of, of this yeah. happening and how, yeah. it, how mm-hmm. it is. And it, I mean, even, you know, his, it's desperate attempts to try to hold on to like, well, if I, if I just keep reading, I'll, I'll if keep i keep exercising stuff keep, every day, yeah. even if I don't remember it. Like right. that was, that was heartbreaking.
4: That yeah. was really, hard. it was, it was almost yeah. like a, it, it was a way to show how much he had turned back into old Charlie too, because he was intelligent enough before that to know there was no hope. And then all of a sudden he was like young Charlie again, like, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. What made him such Mm. a good candidate to have the experiment to begin with was just his earnestness to get smarter. Yeah. Yeah. That was really sad.
1: And (laughs) I thought it was weird that Miss Kenyon completely just Dropped him when he started. I guess she couldn't. She didn't want to be witness to his decline again. But it was, I don't know, kind of sad that didn't she he wouldn't directly uh, push her yeah, away he, friends though, with him. Yeah,
2: he kicked her out. She had to leave. She left because he wanted him gone. She he wanted her gone. But,
1: but
4: she did say, "I." But then at be some point, anyway. didn't.
1: Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say she said something like, "I don't want to be around yeah, for this," right. or I don't. Flat out told him that, and I was just like, "Man, yeah. you think." You even said how he was a better person, and you were, you know, more friends with him when he was at the beginning of the book. You know, when he had his his start. So it just seemed like she would still want to remain. I don't know, Hmm. friends with him or some part of his life. I I guess it does. You don't really know that he completely degenerates so much that he ends up dying, like Algernon did, or does he just go back? and revert to his initial intelligence. Like, it, I think it seems through. like that is the case because we yeah. don't find out for sure, but it could be that, you know, he declines Well, so because much, the whole story is from time, his like perspective
5: and, and his writing or whatever, then at the point that if he died, then that would be
1: the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. the yeah. last
5: of the story. Yeah, so. I think
2: he just, I think he went back to reverted.
1: The last <laughs> sentence, I died. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I <I'm> did. <dead.
4: laughs> did anybody else when he... um He came to this like terrifying discovery that the doctors didn't know as much as he thought they did or (laughs) like um, like he had entrusted them thinking they were geniuses. And then when he became smarter than they were, he was like, oh, shit. Um, it made me think of like milestone events as adults that you hit where like all of a sudden you realize that none of the other adults know what the hell's going on either. Yeah. Like after you thought it your whole life. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh, I I was able to relate to that part of his experience. When
5: when do you think you first hit that kind of epiphany?
4: (laughs) Um, Almost
2: every day it comes more and more and more.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It was when I had blaze.
2: Yeah, parenting. And I'd ask
4: my mom questions, and she wouldn't know. And I'd be like, "But you,
0: but your all, mom, like you did all this, mm, yeah. like yeah,
4: you're." And she was like, "Alice, I yeah. don't know."
0: No, yeah, nobody. <laughs> and that's
4: when I was it. like, "Holy shit, nobody Guess, knows what's going yeah. on."
1: Guess what, we're all making it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. You know, I was like that too. I was like, "Mom, how do you not remember? You know what we were like when we were one and a half? It's such a major point in our lives, and I need to know because to, yeah. to help." Take care of Abby. I need this information. And then now, looking back, I'm like, two months ago, I'm like, I don't even know what she was like that. Or I can't, yeah. You know, what like, the fuck, Andy? If you need help, don't refer to yeah, me. Don't ask us. It's because you're uh-huh.
5: sleep deprived and stressed <laughs> out. And you don't remember all yeah. the little shit. You're just trying to take it yeah. day by day. Let's get to the yeah, next no, one. I'm just trying to
2: <laughs> figure out why this has poop on it.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> yes, for our listeners, Andy is uh, going to have a baby. Yeah. About to crap out of crotch goblin. In
4: days, like very soon.
5: (laughs) Since, you know, a lot of people refer to dogs as fur babies, and we've done that before. So now we're calling uh, Phoebe their skin sister. The skin baby. (laughs) The skin baby.
2: (laughs) I thought I just, this has nothing to do with that. But getting back to Flowers for Algebra, I thought it was really funny that Gimpy was ripping off the bakery for like quarters. (laughs) Right.
0: Like, <laughs> like,
2: like, like are you really ripping this dude off for like a buck and a quarter like how many that's like a lot how, of money then you know yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. to make like two bits <laughs> Like, we can get a full
5: lunch for you know less than a dollar. Shit, a nickel. Right,
2: bread was a nickel. I just I thought that was funny. I wonder what that would be in like today's. Like, no, dollars I mean, is
5: ten dollars <laughs> for a meal.
2: Well, even now, I mean, what do you what do you? How much is a cake? If you go to a bakery, how much is a cake? Like twenty bucks. So what's he getting? Like five from bucks the grocery a cake? store.
5: Twenty from a
2: actual bakery. Probably oh, like I guess forty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, okay. right. So he's probably getting ten mm-hmm. or ten or twenty. Okay, that I guess I could see that. Okay
3: that was that was one of my other big takes from the <laughs> from the movie was uh, i would not eat anything that came from that baby no
2: <laughs> <laughs> was, oh my god <laughs> yeah it was all these sweaty dudes with like their sleeves rolled up and like chests all up and here and like it's- dirty, rusty,
3: and... beat up machinery, yeah. like yeah, really, like yeah, picking that...
2: flour up off, sweeping flour up with a dustpan and putting it in a machine, and nobody's yeah. wearing gloves or masks or hairnets or nothing. Yeah, no, Uh-oh. fuck, no, dude, Uh-oh. everybody dripping pomade into the flour. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No. Yeah. Were there? No. What are
4: some other parts of the books that made you all laugh? Like, I, there were some parts that that were heartbreaking, but there were some parts where I. Like busted out laughing because it was just. Was some-
3: I think the, the the one that got me the first time that the uh, some doctor used the term "high moron" high as moron. A, like a clinical term. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, okay, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is this is a very scientific term in the DSM. Like what?
5: <laughs> there were a lot different of time, there were a lot time. of eye rolling <laughs> moments there. Yeah.
4: And when um there was that nurse Hilda. Um, right after a surgery. And um, she was like, maybe you should ask God to forgive you for letting the doctor. Yeah. God. And then oh, he was like, yeah. the next day I had a new nurse. And the yeah. <laughs> was working on the maternity
3: board. <laughs> it didn't matter who she talked to.
4: Exactly. Right.
3: That was yeah.
2: funny. I'd forgotten about that. That was funny. <laughs> you need to ask oh, yeah. God for forgiveness.
4: <laughs> and then the best part was when they let, um, when Charlie's at the conference and he's thinking about letting Algernon free.
0: Mm. Yeah. And, um, yeah.
4: <laughs> I was curious who was like rooting for like when he was talking about it. Cause he thought over it for a long time. And I wondered if the other readers were like, do it, do it. Or if oh, they were yeah. like, do it, do
2: No, fuck. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you kind of, yeah, kind of
3: wanted that. to see it for, for Algernon's sake, but at the same time, yeah. it was also just, um, from Charlie's end, it was just him being, you know, petulant, which he spent a lot of time <laughs> being. Yeah. So, yeah. In a way, that's the core. I wasn't necessarily rooting for him
2: in that, yeah. in that instance. Yeah, I was definitely, yeah. I was rooting for Algernon to, to get out. Yeah, I was absolutely. Which I just yeah. thought about too. Algernon was kind of a creep also, right? I mean, he was pretty much, I know he's just a mouse, but he, was, <laughs> he wasn't nice to his little mouse partner, right? I mean, no, she was not. like cowering in a corner too.
0: Well, that's it started to no?
2: decline, like, too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So to
5: that point, yeah, you take a, a mouse like that, let it free, it wouldn't last very long. No, <laughs> it doesn't. It's not working on instinct anymore. You know, it's no. like uh-huh. I don't know all these. Like we well, the, also you wasn't you know animals that have been kept in captivity their whole lives. Like it wouldn't do them any good.
3: He wasn't really doing too well in captivity either. He was getting no. that, yeah. You know? <laughs> Getting well, pissed I mean, and, running and just refusing <laughs> and throwing himself against the the walls and everything yeah so yeah
5: some of those scenes of course remind me of like 28 days later
3: <laughs> 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 uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. and i thought um just on another note too, the interesting going back to talking about like the time that you know this book was written in i think at this time a lot of Doctors were performing like frontal lobotomies and stuff like that on yeah. mental patients, on the reg. trying yeah. to take yeah. out parts of their brain. You know, doing this so it, it does kind just of just to make them docile into
2: yeah,
1: right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they they would end up like removing too much of their brain. Yeah, and then they would even act worse. You know, that or like it would affect them in a lot more negative ways yeah, yeah. you don't so, say um, <laughs> but that but you know in an attempt to remove the bad part of the brain I thought that that kind of did play into the science fiction part of you know where our our podcast falls so that's right I did view that and you know this at the time that it was written it would have been this technological you know marvel to, to hear about this mentally incapacitated, you know, person that ends up becoming a genius. Um, So it could, at that point, you know, I I do wonder what it would have been like for a reader back then to be reading it as opposed to today.
4: I had an interesting experience reading this because, um, it's about six months into a very late ADHD diagnosis for me. And, um, (laughs) Mm. so I've had this life-altering medication and therapy over the last six months. And um, so for like decades, I've had this massive masking of basic executive functioning skills. Well, I think I'm masking it. I'm sure that I'm not masking it. We
0: we (laughs) all know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tree, the word is tree.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's when it got really bad. Remember when I couldn't remember words like tree? Yes. And I started getting – like I was thinking I had early – onset Alzheimer's or something, but it was just really, really awful Mm. ADHD. And as soon as I started taking the medication, I could remember words again. Mm -hmm. And the first day, the most astonishing thing was going, um, I was working at the office and I went to go to the bathroom and I came back and sat back at my desk and I was like, holy shit, I really don't think I'd ever done that in any career ever, like gone to the bathroom and then just come back and gone straight back to what I was doing. You could do one of those family circus-like things of what the kid does all around. Like, that's what would have happened on any trip. And so I was like, oh, this is how everyone else, like, functions? Like, their brain doesn't have, like, two songs playing in yesterday's movie and, you know, like, all these other things going on at the same time competing for their attention? This is, whoa. And I feel like I really am smarter. So, like, obviously there's not a... um that's where the comparison ends. But I did, I could appreciate some of that when I was listening to Char- Charlie get smarter being like, yeah, yeah, this is what it's like to be normal.
2: <laughs> Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote,
1: normal. Seeing the light. Well, uh, normal, yeah, because maybe we were evolved to be more ADHD. Like, you know, if you go back to caveman times, we were supposed to be, you know, you're collecting berries and trying to keep your kids alive and looking out for whatever predator is going to attack you. So it does make sense that we, we do keep some of that, uh, yeah. part in our genealogy, but right. yeah, I don't know. Hmm. It's an interesting, yeah. uh, hmm. argument to be made that part of, part of it is a beautiful thing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I did think about, um, you were talking about the, uh, this, doing this operation and removing the bad part of the brain or whatever and it reminded me of a book that I read where a, a guy had had a stroke and somebody had come to him with this uh, technology that would basically, because the, the stroke had burned out pathways in his brain and so there were things that he didn't know or remember how to do anymore um, and mm-hmm. so they had this technology that would have him create new pathways in the brain to replace the ones that had been burned out. Um, that was what I thought about while while reading that part of the book. Even though that was that was very abbreviated.
4: Wait, um, was this fiction or real? It was fiction. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got excited first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> i mean it's it was maybe a little more uh grounded sci-fi than than some of the other stuff but it was it was pretty interesting i don't know that one that one it might it could come be based in reality someday. we'll see hmm. it was uh and it was an early neil stevenson done hmm. under a pseudonym
1: yeah it's fun how it makes you think of other books as you're reading it i i did think that this book did that a lot it made me reflect on other books even you know catcher in the rye i think was mentioned mm. just a bunch mm. of you know classic books that they mice and men. they referenced at the time yeah
5: actually i thought of it mice and men in the scene where he meets the woman in the park who's kind of coming on to him but then he finds out she's pregnant and he like freaks out
4: yeah <laughs> and then they're all chasing him yeah. yeah, you like pick your pitchforks. <laughs> I was really
5: waiting for that to end a lot worse than it did. Yeah, and, just, was and another, I got away,
2: and that was it. <laughs> that was another scene that it was like, oh no, no, don't no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is how we reintroduce another head injury, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> and then, how much of it can you take for face value? Because he was the the storyteller, and you know, Mm-mm. with his true, true issues, you know, is everything. Is he an unreliable narrator? Mm, I would say so. I don't know. What do you guys, do he's, I would think that he's kind of unreliable as far as you don't know his mental capacity the whole time, because he's, he's the one telling this story and you don't really understand from an outsider perspective, you know, you don't really get to see what he's going through ever mm-hmm. so true but it's also like I feel like he doesn't
3: he doesn't offer a lot of opinion in those times either and if I you know they they show him the Rorschach test and they're like what do you see here needs you know well I can't I don't
2: mm, yeah
3: I, I don't see anything well okay tell you know here's a picture tell us a story about the people in this picture he's like well i can't make up a story about them i don't know them um so yeah it it it, he would be considered an unreliable narrator i think but for the fact that he doesn't necessarily (laughs) doesn't necessarily present a lot during those times
5: yeah at least in those less cognitive phases he doesn't have a lot of imagination
3: yeah. doesn't have imagination. doesn't even really almost have memory, you know? Yeah. So it, it's when, it's when he's first starting to remember things that you knew wonder, okay, is, did this really happen? But even then he's, you know, telling it as, well, I sort of remember this, but I don't even know if that's, if that's what it really right. was. Yeah. So he's, he's mm. presenting it with the, own, with the doubt that he feels as right. well.
2: Yeah. He's, he's calling it out saying this may not have been the way it was. This is the way I remember it, but I have no right. way to know if this is really the reality or not. Yeah.
1: Huh? Yeah. But I think, you know, we yeah, I wonder,
3: you, you kind of, you kind of have to take the, the emotions that he feels about those memories at face value too though you know the the, the shame that he felt in you know being being terrified that he was going to disappoint his mother or you know do something that would make her angry with him um yeah yeah fear being being hit by her um
2: yeah. Or just yelled at. Just, I mean, right. he was terrified of just terrified of upsetting people. Just mm-hmm. being, being being the target of anger mm-hmm. or disgust or shame or whatever without even knowing what all that
3: was. Right. Yeah. It's all pretty bad. It was bad.
1: Rose Yeah, down, very much. Rolls back into him wanting to become more intelligent so he could have more friends. And do you think that people that, operate on this spectrum of super intelligence like Elon Musk for example like that <laughs> oh, they just have complete <laughs> difficulties making friends. Well, he's I definitely so.
3: very concerned about what people think of him. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah. really wants oh, yeah. you know everyone to be yeah. to be his friends.
2: Like me. Um, like yeah. me. <laughs> Please, like in most
3: cases the harder he
5: tries the less it works.
3: Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah, I, def- I mean, again, I think that's a, that's a factor of emotional intelligence, or you know, what we would consider emotional intelligence, um, that it tends to maybe be more difficult for neurodivergent people, uh, which can also, you know, also be. Tied to higher intelligence, at times. So, or like read as that, right? Like so interpreted
1: as higher intelligence.
3: Yeah. Um, so I don't know that they're they're causal, but I think there can be there there can be correlation. Um,
4: We're definitely more sympathetic to people on one end of the spectrum with issues related mm-hmm. to emotional intelligence. You know, someone who is um, high functioning, (laughs) intelligent wise. I, you know, I don't, I don't give Elon Musk or people like Elon Musk, I'm not saying this is right. I'm just realizing that I I don't give him the same empathy or sympathy that I do for someone on the opposite end. (laughs) I I don't feel protective Mm. towards Elon Musk the way I would someone on the other end of the spectrum.
3: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I,
2: I mean, I think there's a few uh, reasons for that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's had plenty of opportunity to uh, gain goodwill, and yeah. I has squandered it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I'm not. I he's got billions. I don't feel too bad for him.
1: No, um, I think that speaks to the time that we're in too, because you know back in the fifties, sixties, you would, people would revere these extremely intelligent people and these extremely intelligent people wouldn't have access to Twitter and, you know, social media to basically be able to shoot themselves in the foot. And back then they they would be, (laughs) they would be these, you know, mystery, mysterious figures that are just held at a different level. So maybe we would give them more of an emotional respect
3: yeah, I mean, if Einstein had a Twitter account, maybe, uh, maybe we wouldn't. Be, yeah, so. cancel
1: them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it is interesting hmm. to think, you know, the product of our times. You know, they have so much more access to
2: right.
1: media and being exposed to the average person, whereas mm-hmm. back then you wouldn't, you would have no idea they what read about the, them average, in the book. what time. Einstein is thinking. Right. Yeah.
5: Of course, all of these concepts are thrown out of the. Uh thrown out the window unless you have like a, a cult status, like a certain orange poofy haired <laughs> idiot. <I could laughs> mention.
2: So what's the Bob, the Bob, the Bob, the builder.
3: I heard about the six degrees.
2: So we have Daniel keys wrote flowers of Algernon, uh, which was turned into a movie as discussed in 1968. Um, Alice Kinney in that was played by Claire Bloom. Now, you may know Claire Bloom from the original Clash of the Titans. She played Hera, mm-hmm. which is pretty dope. Huh. She was also in the 1969 version of Illustrated Man. And more recently, she was in the Doctor Who Christmas special in 2009. So, yeah. um But she was also in a sh- uh, thing called Midsummer Murders as Matilda Stowe. Also in Midsummer Murders was someone named Allison Stedman who played Abigail Allison Steadman also was in adventures of Baron Mon- Baron Munchausen. She was also in the Jim Henson hour. So we're getting some Muppet stuff there. And she was in the Lenny Henry show. Uh-huh. Long time <laughs> listeners remember Lenny Henry. However, we don't even have to go there yeah. because, um, No, wait! I'm missing a page here somewhere. Uh, oh no, no, no! no. Okay, Sorry. this is another no, family circle comic where they just I have it <laughs> I have it written wrong. Midsummer Murders also movie. had Allison Stedman was in Midsummer Murders as Abigail Tanev. Um, Allison Stedman was also Bunty Ferguson in Bob the Builder. So wow. We don't even have to go oh, through man. Lenny Henry. We can get there right there. So that's that's our Bob the Builder.
1: I was going to say you should nice. You should be able to get there through Muppet there's lots of ways yeah once we've
2: did that yeah we can do that
1: are you actually Not raising your hand in on way. a be raising your hand on an
2: audio only thing. <laughs> this is this is just a talk <laughs>
1: <laughs> hands up I, I would like the record to
4: show that i have watched every episode of midsummer murders <laughs> there go I think it's like... Was that in
5: question? <laughs> no, I can't relate
4: it anyway, but I just need
5: it to be... <laughs> I <call> bullshit. Public.
0: <laughs>
5: There's no way.
4: Way.
2: That's funny. No way. Way. I also promise that, that my next book will be more sci-fi oriented. I know that sure. I, no, I, sure. I have a tendency to go a little way and have very tenuous um, <laughs> grasp to sci-fi in a lot of these. But I will, I will make an attempt to next book I choose. I will make an attempt to actually make it actual sci-fi.
0: Anne it's Rand so
4: against the grain of your personality to try and push things towards the edge of
2: what you're
0: usually <laughs> right. right down the middle, man. Yeah. I'm such a people yeah. pleaser all the
5: time. I was going to say, Alice, if you're taking medication to counteract ADHD, are you guys even going to have anything in common anymore? <laughs> um... <laughs> Sorry, was that an uncomfortable question? All of <laughs> these oh, things about be an <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> It's been life changing. You've not Gavin, seen the difference, right?
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Like without hyperbole.
2: No, it, it really is. It's it's an interesting thing. How to many see.
4: words did I have to stumble to remember today?
2: So far, so not far. too many. Not too many. Yep. Although you you did wave your hand to get attention in an audio-only thing. so That's I think that was D&D. just an affectation. <laughs> That's no, bad.
0: <laughs>
3: Plus, we can see you, so. <laughs> yeah, I know, was... I'm just uh, I'm being cruel.
4: <laughs> oh, oh, okay, so uh, here's a list I made of things that could make this book a more emotional read. Um, being a parent, being a parent of a neurodivergent mm-hmm. kid, that would be Gavin mm-hmm. and me, that the early stuff was really heartbreaking um being neurodivergent or closely related to a neurodivergent person but also being in any group of people who are at some point in history considered subhuman um or coming to a recognition that people you idolize or depend on are exceptionally human and flawed yep that and that's when i was like oh yeah no this is just yeah. a personal book this isn't yeah. <laughs> i'm not special <laughs>
3: It's interesting, though, what uh, you know, how how you react to and how you deal with that when you when you start to have that realization that everyone is just winging it. Um, And I have found for me, it definitely it makes it easier to forgive. Mm. Um, You know, and you uh, particularly. You know, when you when you realize that your parents were just human and just trying to do the best they could, um, it makes it easier to look back on things that you might have held a grudge about or, you know, not understood when you were when you were small that uh, that they didn't have the answer to everything, and <laughs> but probably. Not always, and and I don't know that everyone is uh, <laughs> is deserving of forgiveness, but I, a lot of times people are trying their best, um, and you can maybe evaluate it on that.
4: Yeah, Charlie seemed to come to to some of those conclusions, at least for some people.
3: A bit, yeah. For that. yeah,
4: yeah,
3: yeah. Well, in the spirit of uh, of bringing us back to hard sci-fi or whatever true sci-fi, if we want to call it that, if you, if you even can say such a thing, Uh, we're going back to um, maybe not one of the granddaddies of science fiction, but certainly the granddaddy of cyberpunk uh, with Neuromancer. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's the second, uh, second appearance for Gibson third, if you count mm. the, uh, the TV show episode, but, uh, that's awesome. It's, I can't wait. It's, it's, canon, you know, it, it's part of the, uh, the canon, I guess you, you we can't ignore it any longer. Um, no. and it's just, it's just a fantastic <laughs> book it, I can't even to that. this Definitely day. Can. And, yeah. and I think, uh, you know, remembering that it was written in 84, um, or it was, it was published in 84 had been written, you know, prior to that and, and Gibson himself will talk about, you know, things that uh, things that didn't quite land when, you know, they say you, you throw enough shit at the wall something's gonna stick and, and he certainly you know has thrown a lot no of land. shit at the wall. <laughs> right, right. And a lot is stuck. You know, he's he's oh, yeah. definitely known as very prescient, but there are certain things that you know he just couldn't couldn't see at that time. Um, yeah, but even even with that i think it's a uh it's an incredible story and an incredible vision uh, oh yeah and
2: yeah and the, the birth of one the that i'm looking forward to
3: yeah yeah in a lot of ways um yeah so very maybe, maybe very maybe much looking possi- forward to possibly,
2: possibly not to single-handedly it. but i mean certainly one right. of the one of the parents of a genre that's yeah
3: that plus blade runner basically yeah. is, well blade, uh, is, akira so akira,
2: akira blade runner and neuromancer right i mean that's the the yeah. trinity yeah which i guess we should probably save all this discussion for the next episode <laughs>
3: yeah yeah
2: but i'm excited good
3: pick if you if you haven't read Neuromancer, coming soon. You should absolutely read it. Yes, Whether you're going to listen be... to the next episode or not, you uh, should absolutely yeah. read it.
2: Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um,
5: yeah. I'm really hoping I can make it for the next episode.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we will. uh We will do our best in terms of uh,
2: according to our according to our everyone. Well, according to our previous scheduling, your kid will be like nine. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Skip Little League one night and come do the yeah. podcast.
3: Yeah. We've still got another episode in the chamber at this point. But, you're right. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, we're, we're giving Will a, a pass on that because, number one, he got the, uh, the peripheral episode out in record time. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And then we had Christmas and the and holidays, and we, and we yeah. know what that does to everyone, right? Holidays, <laughs> yeah, especially those with children <laughs> and families, yes. and yeah. Damn. So, and that I hope everyone had Bought us had a wonderful, wonderful holidays. Got some. Uh, hopefully, it wasn't too stressful for everyone, and people actually had the opportunity to relax. I know that. Uh, All right that doesn't happen for a lot of people anymore around that time of year, but. Uh.
2: All right. Well, this has been another episode of the <laughs> <Hollister's> <laughs> Club, Such as join, it is.
0: <laughs> join
2: us next episode for Neuromancer by William Gibson. Um, thank you all for being here. Thank you again, Alice for coming.
1: Yes. Yeah.
4: Thanks for having me. This is always, always I
1: like well. y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, that works out. Some of us like you too. Always a pleasure. <laughs> but which ones (laughs) find out in the next episode